We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, mere seconds after the Colts uh, game has just finished, we're here to give you guys a reaction video to the Colts winning their final preseason game at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-10. to So, Cody, I think you and I obviously saw the starters really only played for the first quarter. You know, I mean, we heard Frank Reich mention that, you know, they were going to play for at least the first half. Well, they really only played for the first quarter. Uh, Do you think that had something to do with the fact that, you know, maybe Tampa not playing their starters for the majority of the game had something to do with that? Or do you think there was just uh, another factor that went into it? I do wonder that. Yeah, it's just like, well, what's the competition going to be? You know, if Tampa's not playing their starters, what's the point, you know? Um, And I think the Colts just wanted to maybe see their offense go down and do it. And it was great to see, you know, uh, the Colts go down and score after they struggled. And I I said on, you know, over Twitter, I got some flack for it. I hated the way the Colts' first two offensive series went. we all did. We all hated it. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Poor execution. Um, you know, just some some things that they got to clean up. Again, albeit, you know, what I do want to say, um, there, you know, you don't have Jonathan Taylor, you don't have Naheem Hines. You know, it, it, you were very vanilla. And like not to mention, you're playing against a very good defense in Tampa Bay, right? Exactly. And you weren't really pushing the ball down the field a whole lot. I don't know if that was more like, you know, the scheme or more. I think of it just was like just the, again the vanilla play calling. You know, kind right. of stuff like that. So it's like, how much do you take from that versus how much were the receivers just not getting open? I don't know exactly. I haven't watched film on it. You know, it's hard to see, but you know, that was kind of, you know, something that I was just like, you know, I was frustrated by just the lack of doing anything the first couple drives and, you know, Matt Ryan kind of taking a pounding there and (laughs) tell Matt Ryan, man, it's preseason. Please don't freak us out by running the football. (laughs) Why was everybody so freaked out? He dove before he got hit. He did. He did the right thing. It's just like, dude, like we're yeah, not even to week I'm, one. Stop I'm thinking scrambling. that same thing. When he ran, I was like, oh, here goes the fan base. Like, get down, get down, get down. Like everybody freaking out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we might as well start with the quarterback play, right? I mean, let's go ahead and get into that, right? So uh Matt Ryan, five of seven for 59 yards, 
sack one time, had a QB rating of 96.7. So again, for only playing in the first quarter, you know, for vanilla offense, the way they're kind of moving it right now, still wasn't much to really take after. Like you said, we're not, we don't have our best running backs. Uh, we're doing vanilla play calling and how everything is going. You know, you're not seeing Matt Ryan developed into this full system yet because we haven't had everything firing on all cylinders. So, I mean, is it concerning to you that Matt Ryan doesn't look like he's elevating things? Or do you think that there's a lot of factors going into it that make it that way? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to tell at this point, you know, in the preseason. It's just like, you know, I, you could make a case and you could argue, and I and I have to some degree, so I maybe just want to take a step back and just be like, look, end of the day, if this looks the same way week one, you know, we're going to have more issues. But as it stands right now, it's like, you know what, the offense, they came back to their credit. You know, they seemed like they changed a few things up. You know, they were able to run the ball a little bit more and, you know, they were able to kind of just, you know, Matt Ryan was getting given protection. He had a nice throw to Pittman, you know, right near the goal line down about the three. Um, so, you know, it was good to see. I'll say all that, even though the offense struggled early on and that was kind of frustrating to see. Um, at the end of the day, you know, these guys are still figuring each other out, you know, like Matt Ryan with these young receivers and just this offense in general. And so I, I was encouraged, I guess, to see them come back and do what they did. And that kind of shows you the potential that they do have uh, when they when they want to push the ball down the field. So, yeah, all that to say, again, I am I still do have concerns at wide receiver. I don't think that's something that's going to go away until these guys step up and prove it to me because they didn't really do a whole lot. You know, and, and you know, we talked about we don't know if that was more on the wide receivers, more on the play calling, or, or maybe more on Matt Ryan. We don't know. Um, but that still didn't really necessarily like calm any of my questions. And I think that's fair. You know, some people yeah. just like to band-aid it over and say it's just the preseason. And at the end of the day, though, some of those things in the preseason can translate and do translate, you know, to the regular season. And so sometimes they don't, sometimes those things get cleaned up. But it's, I think it's valid to have some concerns, and my concerns with the wide receivers um, and even to the tight ends to a smaller degree, I, I think they're valid. And so, obviously, you know, guys like Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin, you know, all these guys, they have an opportunity to to really elevate this offense. But as it stands right now, I still have questions, Derek, the same questions I had. I don't think this raised any more questions, but just, you know, the, the experience. You know, like, is there going to be a number two guy that right away – can take the pressure off of Michael Pittman. And we didn't see that again tonight for whatever reason. Um, so it is still a concern. Yeah, and, then, and Pierce yeah. and Campbell were never targeted in this game. No. And no. I think another thing that we have to kind of understand here is in the totality of this game, from start to finish for all the Colts quarterbacks, they threw the ball a grand total of 22 times. So I think we have to understand that like this is preseason and these guys are not throwing the football very often. And like Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball more than 22 times in a game by himself in most games this year. So I think that we kind of have to take it into account that, yeah, this is kind of dumbed down in the way that things are being ran right now. So like, again, we're not seeing much from Matt Ryan where we're only seeing them play for like a quarter, the starters, like not every starter gets targeted in the first quarter. Right. So like, you know, it's quarter by quarter basis, but we're only seeing, you know, we saw him go after Deion Jackson. We saw him go after Michael Pittman, but we never saw him attempt Campbell or uh, Pierce. And I mean, you know, games differ, you know, and how things go like that. So 
at the end of the day, you know, Matt Ryan is still going to be QB one and he's still going to have to get things figured out. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're just not going to know about this offense until we actually see them go out week one against the Texans. Unfortunately, that's just what's going to happen because we don't know anything. We haven't seen JT all preseason, even though we know he's going to be a beast. We didn't see Hines for half of the preseason. So your other dynamic weapon was not out there. So things are different, right? So at the end of the day, we'll move on from Matt Ryan. Let's talk about something that's a little bit more debate worthy here. Shall we, Cody? Let's go into the Foles versus Ellinger topic. So Nick Foles, again, struggled today. Three of five for 24 yards. Had one rush for five yards. Two rushes for five yards, actually. Um, And then Sam Ellinger taking over in the uh, third quarter and absolutely dominating once again. Five of seven for 65 yards and had a 45-yard touchdown run on the second play of the second half, sparking this Indianapolis offense. Cody, I think our, and by the way, Sam Ellinger has finished every game this preseason with a 100-plus QBR rating. Just want to say that again. Uh, But I saw your, I think I saw your answer on Twitter. Do you think this that Ellinger's done enough to convince that he deserves to be on this roster? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to ask me about QB too. I don't. I'm not ready to go there. I just think that's too premature still. Because again, like you said, it was against you know the second and third stringers. Still, I know Nick Foles was as well. I do think Ellinger obviously, um, you know, has played better this preseason and has looked dynamic. Obviously, uh, but yeah, I do think you have to keep three quarterbacks because I don't think you can sneak him through waivers. Tarek, he's played that well, and give a credit where it's due, man. Sam Ellinger, we've been his biggest critic, um, but he has looked phenomenal. He has definitely put in the work this off season, and and that's exciting. You know, I don't necessarily see him being like the future at this team's quarterback position, but I see him being a really, really good backup for this team. You know, moving forward, and so all that to say, Sam Ellinger has definitely convinced me that he's worthy of a roster spot because you know at the beginning you know of, of the offseason a lot of us would have said is he even going to make this roster and he has really improved so want to give credit where it's due man Sam Ellinger once again continues to light it up in the preseason now the question is you know how much of that translates to an actual NFL game like you know when you're playing full starters and stuff and you're not playing guys that are probably going to be you know uh greeters greeting you at Walmart in a couple weeks uh you know that's kind of the question mark for me um but yeah, just all that to say, Sam Ellinger has looked really good. Uh, wanted to also give credit to Desmond Patman. Had another really, really good game. So I think he's definitely earned his way on the roster too, Derek. But yeah, I mean, right now I think three quarterbacks is the way you have to go. And look, I, I've been on debates with people on Twitter for the last two hours talking about this situation, okay? My mind has been changed. I want Ellinger as QB too. Like, look, I understand that people are saying, oh, well, Foles has done it for longer. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. He knows Frank Reich's system, this and that and this and that. My problem is, and even when people are saying this is vanilla defenses, right? Or vanilla offenses, right? Like, like there's nothing that's schemed up for for Nick Foles. Well, listen, nothing's been schemed up for Ellinger either. Nothing. Like, Ellinger is playing against twos and threes the same way that Foles is. And, like, it's not the fact that, like, 
These two are close to one another. Foles has not been good in the preseason. Ellinger has been dominant in the preseason. Like, it's not even been close. Ellinger has blown away even Matt Ryan in the preseason. Now, again, I'm going to say right off the top, that that op, that's obvious because Ellinger is playing twos and threes and Matt Ryan's playing the ones. I get that. I'm just saying from a talent perspective, Foles is playing almost the same guys as Sam Ellinger. And Sam Ellinger is delivering good passes, accurate passes, doesn't look lost in the pocket, can run, actually run. You just saw him do a 45-yard touchdown run. Nick Foles ain't doing that. That's another element to this game that Ellinger is bringing that he couldn't bring before, and it's something that Foles can't do. Foles cannot do that. He does not have the mobility to go out and do things like that And there's more times where I'm sitting back and I'm saying, Foles, what the heck are you doing? Versus Sam Ellinger. Oh my gosh, Sam Ellinger. Like, this is a completely different Sam Ellinger than we saw from just last season, Cody. Like, he looks different. He looks like he's actually capable of running an offense and not looking like the that deer in headlights look that we saw from last year when things sometimes look like they got too crazy. The moment right now does not look too crazy to Sam Ellinger. He's confident. He's poised. He's looking down the field. Even when he's running away from defenders, he's looking down the field, making throws on the run and making the smart decisions when he knows he can't get somebody, throwing it out of bounds. That was something we did not see from Sam Ellinger last year. I'm saying the development of Sam Ellinger makes me think that if Worst case scenario, you saw him come in and be the backup. I feel that Sam Ellinger's attributes give him a better shot of making plays for this team as a backup than what I see in Foles right now. Guys, Foles was an MVP, Super Bowl MVP in 2017. It was a different time with a different team. It might have been practically the same system, but it's different guys. And not to mention... How many teams has Nick Foles been on since that happened? Three. He's been on three teams. You know why that is? Because Nick Foles can't stay can't stay competitive. He can't stay consistent. He's not consistent at quarterback play. And if you're telling me that both of these guys are going to be inconsistent, give me the guy that's going to make the bigger play on one or two more occasions. And that's Sam Ellinger right now. I'll pull off of that now for the time being because, again, I think that Nick Foles is still going to be quarterback too, unfortunately, because Reich and this crew probably like Foles more than Ellinger at this point, even though Ellinger has clearly been the better quarterback all preseason. But, you know, that's that's Reich for you. He's he's loyal to a fault in a lot of different ways, especially for a guy that was in his system when they won on the biggest stage. So that's enough for the quarterback play. But... Let's go into, like you said, the wide receivers, um, and then we'll get into the running backs. Uh, Again, Patman, the number one wide receiver today, three catches for 50 yards. Like you said, Patman, I think Patman is locked in the number five wide receiver position. I don't think there's any any reason you would have have it any other way right now. I mean, Patman's just been phenomenal. You look at Deion Jackson, who had three catches for 34 yards. 26 of those came off of that screen by Ryan. Uh, Michael Pittman, three catches for 29 yards. 
Uh, Woods and Harris both had one catch for 12. Mike Strawn had one catch for 11. Uh, Doolin and Granson both had one catch for six yards each. Uh, I mean, again, you saw great stuff from Patman, but outside of that, I mean, there's really not more to talk about here, Cody, because we really didn't see a whole lot more from anybody else. Didn't really seem like they they targeted their wide receivers a whole lot this game. Yeah. It was more about the you know the running backs. It seemed like a lot, you know, like running backs and and, and stuff like that. And you're right, they didn't they didn't pass it a whole lot compared to you know, maybe how they've done in the past. So yeah, it's hard to tell right now. But I think you're right. I think um, clearly, I do really feel strongly that Desmond Patman is going to make this roster. No question about it. You know, the last two preseason games, he's looked very, very strong. And you know, but the question is, if they keep six, who's that going to be? You know, they're call me crazy, but I'm kind of convinced it might be Kiki Kuti because. You know, you have yeah, two big wide right. receivers in a row, right? Yeah, and um, because of the special teams ability, right? We saw exactly. him do fantastic yeah. on punt returns. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes total sense for him to round out the back end of this roster. And, and with the question marks, and he'll probably be available, but you know, like with Isaiah Rogers not being in this game, like, you know, it gave the Colts an opportunity to see what QT had. He obviously had, you know, kind of a muffed one, but you know, when he took the ball out, he looked really good. And it's always good to have some good, some guys who have some versatility on the back end of the roster that can do some things on special teams. And QT can do that in terms of returning. And I think he's honestly, Derek, kind of your backup uh, slot receiver. If Paris Campbell were to go down, you know, I really feel like he has that potential to do that. So I think QT and, and then you know Desmond Patman they have different skill sets, but they both offer different things for this team. And I think you can you, like a guy like Mike Strawn, you can pass through waivers and you can have him on your practice squad this year. As good as he's looked at times, you know, again he's only had like a week in this system, you know, coming back from that injury. So I really do feel like it's gonna have that's kind of how it's gonna shake out. And again, we're guys will have kind of our fifty-three man roster predictions that'll drop probably on Monday. So be sure to check that out. But yeah, as far as the wide receivers go, you didn't see a whole lot, but I'm getting the sense that's probably how the direction the Colts are going to take it. Absolutely agree. What's going on, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick moment to talk with you about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign up codes and promotions from sport books to get the best deal possible. Odds Trader allows you to make bets on almost every major sport. Some of the cool features that I enjoy about Odds Trader is the handicapping options they provide. You get live play-by-play updates. You get live scores and bet tracking on everything that you're doing on the app. Player statistics, key game statistics. You even get projected game day weather reports as well. And the, another great thing about Odds Trader is you get Bet Tracker, which allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activities while you're on the site. I mean, how cool is that? If this is something that sounds like it intrigues you, make sure to go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Uh, when you're looking at the running backs, I mean, outside of Ellinger, who was the leading rusher today with his one rush, uh, Philip Lindsay, seven carries for 23 yards. Devontae Price, four carries for 17 yards. Tyson Williams, five carries for 16 yards. I mean, who do you pick here for uh, running back number three, Cody? I mean, obviously, uh, I think, it, yeah, Deion Jackson was the uh, initial starter in this game. But, you know, if you're making me pick between them, 
I mean, Tyson Williams, Devontae Price, and Philip Lindsay all show great promise. But if I'm thinking of a guy that I want to be that third running back, I'm probably going with Philip Lindsay right now. Uh, yeah, there's no debate for me. Philip Lindsay's RB3. I'm, I'm more questioning RB4. If I keep four, who's your fourth? Uh, I want to say Deion Jackson at this point, I would say, you know. Because uh, he did get, they. it's clear the Colts wanted to see more from him. And, you know, I felt like, you know, when he got an open space, obviously on that screenplay, he showed some nice ability, some nice versatility out of the backfield. So I think Philip Lindsay at this point for me, Derek, he's a lock to make the roster. He's RB3. And then RB4 would probably be Deion Jackson at this point if you're making me choose. Absolutely agree. Uh, and then when you're talking about the, uh, talking about, Turnovers. There were no interceptions by the Colts today, but uh, Jack Cohen and Kiki QT both fumbled the ball today, but thankfully both were recovered. Uh, no problems there. Uh, let's go to the defense here real quick. Uh, the leading tacklers today. So in, in retrospect here, Cody, I know we talked about um, the defense really struggling against the run, right? Particularly the backup interior guys. I'll say this, outside of like two drives where the Colts just absolutely stunk it up, stopping the run, outside of that, they actually did very well today. It wasn't overwhelmingly bad like what we saw against Detroit, where Detroit almost ran double the amount of yardage against us than what Tampa Bay did today. Their leading rusher was uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who had nine carries for 36 yards. So in retrospect, they did a pretty decent job today. Um, but when you're looking at the guys who made all these tackles, Sterling Weatherford with a 10 tackle day today. I mean, it's confirmed he's on the roster, right? Oh, no question. He he's locked. Yep, definitely. So, uh, and then your next couple that you had here, uh, Ben Banigou, five tackles, also had three tackles for a loss. Cody, it looked like Ben Banigou was fighting for his life today, uh, trying to secure a spot on this roster on that defensive end spot. I mean. What did you like from him today? Yeah, you talked about it. Like, you know, he, he looked like a guy that was fighting for a roster spot, and he should be because he that's exactly the situation he's in. Uh, that's exactly what I wanted to see from Ben Banigou. You know, a guy that's playing with a little bit of reckless abandon almost, just like, you know, all out. This is, this is it for him with the Colts. You know, if he doesn't play well here, he's probably gone. So I like to see that. Is it, you know, too little too late? That's my question. I don't know yet. Um, but certainly I think he did himself some favors a little bit, you know, in terms of that. But, you know, there are some talented defensive linemen ahead of him, so we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I liked what I saw from him. He talked about Weatherford, you know, phenomenal. Again, you know, it's funny how it's kind of shifted the last couple of weeks from JoJo Doman, you know, more to Sterling Weatherford making the final 53-man. And I do feel like right now, Derek, he's your number five linebacker, and it's yeah. not really that close to me. Um, yeah. So Sterling Weatherford looked really good. You talk about the run defense. Yeah, they struggled a little bit. I believe it was in that, you know, the second quarter, they struggled a little bit. Uh, and I do think there still could be in play, you know, if, if the Colts kind of are scouring waiver wire and stuff, they add more of a vet, you know, back there behind Grover Stewart to help stop the run they a little bit. Think of the, the, what Grover Stewart did on that second drive, bro. Oh Dude. my God. Like he, he single-handedly made them lose eight yards by himself. He made every tackle on that drive. I mean, he yes. pinned them. They were already at the nine-yard line, pinned them at their own one by himself. Yes. I mean, I He's talked about it in the pre-game uh, pre before that 
you know, Tampa was, you and I talked with those cannon fire bucks guys yesterday. We were talking about how that offensive line, they're missing some guys, especially on the interior. I mean, Grover Stewart made him freaking pay, man. He was dominant in that, in that drive. I mean, and there were a couple times too where he didn't make the tackle, but he influenced the run by just blowing up his own linemen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I love to see Big Grow being a menace back there. Uh, great to see him, you know, because we did we were questioning, all right, you know, like this Colts defensive line, right? They're more emphasis on getting after the quarterback. Uh, is that going to impact, you know, their ability to stop the run? And Grover Stewart certainly said, no, sir, today. So great to see that. And you know, I wanted to also, uh, talking about some of the starters, I uh, wanted to also just give a shout out to Stefan Gilmore. He is still a Jet. He's yes. still number one corner, one of the best corners in the league. Uh, there was kind of a BS penalty on yeah, him, kind of a weak call. But, you know, again, f- fortunately it's preseason. Um, but, you know, he just, he just came up, man. He delivered a hit. But I'm just he like, looks dude, like this he's man still got is, it. He does but, not look slow by any stretch no. of the imagination. No, he didn't. And so I love to see that. I thought he looked really, really good. I think Okereke had a really nice tackle on third down um, that forced them to go into the, you know, go for three there. So, yeah, a couple starters, they looked really good. Um, you know, and, and Tampa Bay kind of had some plays where they were hurting it up a little bit. Didn't really like what I saw on a couple occasions from some of the other corners, Kenny Moore kind of got beat on a fourth down and Brandon Faison got beat on the outside. So you'd like to see them shore that up a little bit, but you know, give credit. The defense bent a little bit, but they didn't, you know, break. break. It's the bend don't break mentality in Indianapolis. Yeah. So I love to see that. And uh, yeah, I just felt like the defense really shorted up there, especially after that first drive. I thought they did a pretty decent job all day long. I mean, 10 points. That's, that's a good defensive day for you. And so let me, I'm going to go through a couple more guys here, Cody, and you let me know, and we'll kind of talk about whether or not we think they're going to make the roster. We'll say, right. we'll obviously have our final prediction for later on, but we'll kind of debate it a little bit. Sure. Um, Trevor Denbow, who had five tackles in this game. Ooh, uh, no. Okay. Uh, Rodney Thomas, who had four tackles in this game. Yes, he will make it. Uh, there was that injury to Armani yeah, Watts. Yeah, so I do that think is that is another one. You're right. We'll have to see what happens with Armani Watts. Uh, Anthony Chesley, who had three tackles in this game, had two tackles for a loss, too, in the run game. Man. He looked hey, really was, good remember, today. He looked really, he really good today. He did. I, I Maybe I still have a little bit of uh, that. As they, as they call it, that poison in my veins from that Jacksonville <laughs> game. But, yeah, he did play well. You know, I'll say yes. Uh, James Skalski, who only had three tackles, but it felt like he was in on every tackle on the special teams today. The linebacker, right? Yep, linebacker, undrafted linebackers uh, going up against Dolman, Ryan, and Weatherford. No, because no. because Weatherford can play special teams too. So yeah, no. I know that sucks because like, dang, dude, like he was in on every special teams tackle today. I mean, I thought every single tackle came from freaking James Skolsky today. And that sucks because I really like him. I like what he is. I definitely think he's going to be a practice squad guy. He'll be one of the first few guys that would be taken off if a special teams need comes about. Uh, what about Jojo Doman? Also had three tackles, one tackle for a loss today. That one's tough. I'm fringe right there because six linebackers, that's a lot of linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. I'm really torn. It's t- Yeah, I'm torn on that too, dude. I, I-, I totally get you. 
Um, one other guy that we can mention is uh, Dallas Flowers, who also had another decent game today. Had some good tackles on the defense as well. Okay, so I said Chesley makes it. That's five, and then four safeties. But yeah, if Rodney no. Thomas ends up playing safety. I'm going to say no. You're going to say, say no. no for Dallas Flowers? I'm going to think he's going to be practice squad. Okay. You know? But I think he certainly will He would the definitely be somehow. one of the first guys off the off the practice squad if if something were to happen. But that, I think he will. I honestly think I want he will. him to. But, I want him to. I, mean, I don't know. And especially for this. Let's talk about this for a second. Dallas Flowers had a 53-yard kickoff return today, and he was one man from – beating it and going to the house, dude. Like, look, I like Dallas flowers and I love the fact that he's not only a guy that, you know, plays a defense, but his special teams ability, he's got some ability, dude. I mean, he's not as fast as Rogers, but he's shifty back there, man. And we saw with Isaiah Rogers and Naheem Hines, not playing in this game. You saw Kiki QT and Dallas flowers, both being return men today. And they dominated in that, in that aspect that that's that's question i'm so torn because like i want him to make it but like <laughs> do you have enough roster spots that's my question yeah especially with if, if i'm keeping chesley then it's a lot harder to keep him right you know so definitely very interesting um but yeah i i totally get you uh two more things here for special teams wise and then we can uh hop off this uh blankenship Good to see him make uh, both field goals today at a 46-yarder and a 39-yarder. So plenty of leg on those was accurate. And the kickoffs. He's doing kickoffs. Yeah, and he was doing kickoffs. I would like to see him more consistently get the ball into the end zone. Uh, he only did that once today uh, for the, what, five times he had to kick off today, and he only did it once. So a little concerning he doesn't continue to get it all the way into the end zone every time, but. Nevertheless, you know, it is what it is, but let's talk about the big storyline, man. Matt Hawk. Everyone was wondering, how is Matt Hawk going to handle the pressure today? Five punts averaging 50 and a half yards per punt on four of those punts punted them inside their own 20 yard line. Think about that. That's a, that's a way to show that your team made the right decision getting you. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I am not concerned about punter anymore. Um, that's great, man. I love that. And uh, you shout out to the bills who, uh, decided it was a good idea, uh, knowing the whole thing around. Yeah. And they knew too. They knew they just chose not to, to kick him off the team until now. So now the bill's taking an L, um, love to see it. Yes. So shout out to them for releasing Matt Hawk so the Colts could pick him up. Yep. Uh, I hope he continues it because, yeah, he looked like a weapon. Hey, Pat tonight. McAfee approved, too. Pat yes, McAfee was on Twitter and he approved. So if Pat McAfee approves, guys, then we know we got ourselves a stellar one. So awesome. It was great to see Matt Hawk on almost every punt just continue to drive it back. Longest yeah. punt was a 57 yarder. And I think it was his long, it was the one that he was the furthest back. And even when he was kicking from inside his own 20, was still putting them inside the 30. So great job by Matt Hawk. Again, like you said, special teams wise in general of everything today was so much better than what it was in the first two weeks from the kickoff coverage and punt coverage to actually returning the football. It was night and day from what it was the first two weeks. 
Absolutely. And maybe they were just, you know, kind of getting out some of the wrinkles a little bit, you know, trying to figure out, all right, who's going to make our unit? You know, who's going to be the final guys there? And there's some trial and error there. That's what the preseason's for. And so, you know, I wasn't overly concerned. You know, I think I had said that before until we saw, you know, kind of the, the final 53-man. If it was continuing to be a trending issue, be a little bit more concerned. But I feel a lot better today after this game about the special team unit than I did, you know, even a day ago. So definitely encouraged by everything we saw from the kicker to the punter to the special teams coverage. Uh, if they can continue that, man, it's going to continue to be one of the better special teams units in the league and really excited for it. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. A lot to unpack in this game. The Colts winning their first and only preseason game, winning 27 to 10 over Tampa. A lot of great conversations, a lot of great things happening in this game. Uh, a lot to look forward to as we are basically two weeks away from the NFL season officially starting. So the next time the Colts put on the pads and get out there and do it for real, it's going to count. So we'll see how it goes. But thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.